Welcome to the One Church Podcast. We're glad you could join us today for another epic message of grace. If you enjoyed today's word, please rate and review us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you're listening. It helps others like you find our podcast. You can also find us on Instagram by following us at OneChurchVB or join the discussion on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash OneChurchVB. For more information about One Church, go to OneChurchVB.com. Now, for today's epic message of grace. Here at One Church, we believe your tithes should belong in your home church. If you feel led to give, tithes and offerings can be contributed online through the Venmo app, available both on Apple and Google. Just search for One Church VB to find us today. You are now about to experience a Wally Odom original. Please enjoy. Hello, One Church. So good to be here again on a Saturday night. And uh, I can't see you, but I trust that you're out there and I hope you're smiling and happy and that God's been good to you. Well, I'm pretty sure God's already been good to you. But uh, hey, I don't go, I'm not good with titles. I entitled this message and I almost feel uncomfortable announcing it because I, my titles are so bad. But I like this title, so I'm going to tell you what it is. And it's one of those titles you've got to explain after you tell what it is. And so, and so uh, here's the title. Something must have happened here. And uh, I use it, I saw it somewhere, and I thought it was so good, I just borrowed it. And now let me explain what I'm talking about. Uh, most people, in my experience, that come to Jesus, believe in Him, find salvation. Most of them don't come after a thorough searching of scriptures. They don't come and say, Wally, I've read the Gospels, and I've read all of Paul's writings, and I read the general epistles as well, and now I'm ready to believe in Jesus. Most of them come, and they don't really have much training at all. And here's the good news. You don't have to be really, really smart to be a Christian and you don't have to be really well-read to believe in Jesus. It's not a matter of intellectual ability. In fact, you don't have to know very much about the Bible to believe in Jesus. A lot of people that I've met, I've had them, I've had them on their deathbed that knew nearly nothing about the Bible, but you tell them about Jesus and, that, and they believe in him and they're born again, they go to heaven and, uh, and, and I know people, for myself, I was, my, my dad was a pastor and mom and dad told me that I was only four years old when I walked up to the altar after dad's sermon and accepted Jesus as my savior. So how could your intellect be involved? Uh, I couldn't even read. I was a preschooler, but yet I, I knew the two things you need to know. And this is all you need to know to be a Christian. Number one, I knew that Jesus died for me. My parents taught me that. And I didn't know not a lot about Jesus, but I knew he died for me. And I knew that if I believed in him, I would be what they called saved. And I did believe in him. And I can't remember a moment from, from kindergarten on when I didn't really believe that Jesus was my savior. And what he did it for, it's still working. And so uh, you don't have to know a lot. But here's what happens, I think, when a lot of people get converted. They don't have to know much. But then all of a sudden they realize something happened and they're kind of going, the title of this message, something must have happened here. But they don't know exactly what it was. They don't know exactly what took place. They know that they were guilty and now they're not. 
They know that they were, they were uh, joyless and now they've got a lot of joy. There are a lot of things that they know from the moment that they received Jesus, but they don't know a lot about what happened here. And so what I want to talk about is what, what happened. Something must have happened here. What was it? And for that, we're going to look in a moment at Romans chapter 5, because if there was ever a manual I could think of that would describe the, the Christian who wants to know what, what happened when I opened my heart to Jesus, uh, Romans chapter 5 pretty well details it. Um, I have to confess before I get into that, confess I don't know much about cars. I don't know much about car engines. Uh, I'm like most men, when you lift the hood, I stand there and look like I know what's happening, but I don't know what's what from what. I don't know which part's the carburetor, and, and I don't know where the muffler is. I, I'm not even sure you can see the muffler if you lift the lid. And so all I know is I don't know much about cars. But what's amazing is when I was 15 years old, I went and got my driver's license, and I didn't know any more about cars than I, than I do now. But what I found out was if you turn the key, work the pedals in the steering wheel, you can go anywhere you want to go because the car is capable of that. I can't tell you how that happens. I can't describe how an engine works. A little better now, maybe. But I can't describe how an engine works. All I can tell you is that I know how to operate a car. This is the truth about salvation. Sometime before now, and, and, and between now and, and when I end this talk, if you open your heart to Jesus, you might not have never owned a Bible. You may never have read your Bible. You may not know anything, but if you believe this, and these are two things that are true, Jesus died for you, and if you believe in him, you'll have eternal life, and you'll be what we call saved, saved from your sin, saved from tragedy in your life that would cost you your eternity, saved from all the things that stand between you and God. You can do that in a moment, in, in a moment, in just a moment before you before this uh, program is over, you can have a relationship with Jesus Christ and you can be so totally changed that you won't recognize the difference and you'll be walking around later tonight going, something must have happened here. Somebody explain it to me. Well, I'll tell you what happened. You were born again. Now, let me go to Romans chapter five and talk about what I think are the two main things that a Christian needs to know. It's almost like you buy the car, drive it home, but you need an owner's manual because there are some things that you want to know how to operate. If you want to know how your windshield wiper works, you want to know that before you drive in the rain. And so you go to an owner's manual and it tells you how to work that. How, tells you which knob to turn which way. And, and uh, the, if you have different speeds, tells them how to, tells you how to use them. And so the whole concept of, a, of an owner's manual is you don't have to know anything about cars but you get an owner's manual and it tells you how your one is going to work. And so Paul says to those of us who believe, he says, I want you to have an owner's manual. I want you to know a little bit about what happened to you. And so you go to Romans chapter 5 and just to sum the chapter up a lot, there are only two things that are really important for you to get out of chapter 5 and they're really important for you to understand this new Christian life that you've embarked on by faith. And so in, in the first verse of, of Romans chapter 5, it says, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God. Well, if there's anybody you want peace with and you don't want to be at war with, it's God. And so having been justified by faith in a moment, 
Justification by faith doesn't take a lifetime. It doesn't take your, you don't have to pass an entrance exam before you come into the kingdom of God. You don't have to prove that you're worthy because we're not worthy, none of us. But it's a gift and it's a gift that comes to us by faith. And justification is just a long Latin word for righteousness. So the whole concept is, Wally, you mean that in a moment when I pray and I don't know anything about the Bible, I come in with all kinds of issues, all kinds of darkness. I've committed all kinds of sins that I've never dealt with. You mean that in a moment I can be righteous? Yeah, that's what justification by faith is all about. That's when you believe in Jesus and your faith in Jesus transforms you instantly into someone you've never been before. You're justified. You're made righteous. And this is the good news, folks. You'll never be more righteous for the rest of your life than you are the moment you believe in Jesus. Because God does two things. There are two kinds of imputations that take place. Number one, he takes all of your sin and puts it on Christ who died for it. And so Christ took your place. You don't have to die for your sin. You don't have to be punished for your sin because Christ was punished. Christ died for it. And so immediately all your sins are gone. Where did they go? I don't know. The Bible just says that they're buried in the depths of the sea. The Bible says as far as the east is from the west. And so they're gone. And so you don't have to deal with your sin anymore. The other wonderful thing that takes place is God imputes to you his son's righteousness. And so that moment, whatever you were, but just a minute before you prayed, when you asked Jesus into your heart, you're not that anymore because something is given to you. It's righteousness. And you'll never be more righteous than you are that moment. God looks at you for the rest of your life as righteous. Faultless? No, not hardly. You mean I'll never make a mistake? Well, that that doesn't work for any of us. I don't even want to talk about my mistakes, so let's talk about somebody else's. Well, that wouldn't be fair either. So I'm just telling you, for the rest of your life, you have God looking at you through the righteousness of His Son. And if you read your account in heaven in God's in God's great in great desk he has up there, if you read your account on your name in heaven, it would have the righteousness of Christ written in for you, and that's for the rest of your life. Imperfect, maybe. You're growing, of course. You're going to make mistakes. We all do. But the righteousness of Christ is a gift you get the moment you first believe. The second thing that happens to you is you've encountered the grace of God. And in Romans chapter 5, Most of the chapter is about God's grace and what happens to you when God touches you by his grace. I'll say this, justification by faith happens in a moment. Grace is something you experience for the rest of your life. You go, why? Because you'll need it for the rest of your life. Christians that understand the availability of God's grace have so many issues that you really want to know about so you can deal with them. One of the things that Christians deal with is, is faith. And, and the fact that sometimes they doubt this and that. Sometimes Christians look at things that have happened to them and they go, I'm not perfect. I made a mistake. And they, they feel like they got to start all over again. I had a friend in the ministry who described some Christian experiences. So they take off like a plane. They get, they get airborne and they make a little mistake in their direction. And so they land and they take off again. And he said, most Christians spend their lives circling the airport. God doesn't want you to circuit, 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 uh, circle the airport. God wants you to get to St. Louis or wherever you're going. God wants you to get to heaven. And so you don't have to land. You just redirect your course. 
you just you correct the aim that you're going in. And so and, and grace helps you do that. Grace is that provision that you have for the rest of your life. It means I don't have to start over. I'm experiencing God's grace. He's already helping me with his grace. And, uh, and I know a lot of Christians, they get a new car, they jump in the car, they drive it out of the, out of the lot, they get home, go take a couple of trips to the grocery store or maybe drive across town to see a friend. And the next thing you know, they run out of gas. When they run out of gas, Folks, listen, don't be like a lot of Christians do spiritually. They get out of the car and start pushing it. Don't push your car. You don't have to push it. There's fuel available to you for the rest of your life, and you don't even have to pull into the gas station. It's almost like you have your gas station with you and you're attached to a pump. That's grace. God gives you something that keeps on giving and keeps on giving and keeps on nourishing and keeps on fueling you for the rest of your life. And you're to get where you're going because God who in a moment changed your life and gave you righteousness for the rest of your life, now he'll give you grace and you'll have his undiminished supply of grace. It's interesting because when you look in the New Testament and you find the word, especially in Paul's writings in Romans and 1 Corinthians, you find the word gifts of the Spirit. And the word there in Greek is charismata. I'm a charismatic Christian, I'll tell you why, because I believe in the charismata. And the charismata comes from the Greek word charis. It's from, it's from grace. I went to a seminar once with, uh, with, with John Wimber, who founded the, the Vineyard Churches. And John Wimber, he has a different name for, great, for gifts of, of the Holy Spirit because they're related to the word. You can't see it in English from grace, from grace to gifts. You don't see the connection. In Greek, in the New Testament, this is a connection. Grace is charis. And the gifts of the Spirit are charismata. They come from the word grace. And so what are the gifts of the Spirit? They are the breakdowns of grace that God continually supplies in your life. In Romans 12, it has to do with what God's called you to do. You're given that as a grace of God. The Holy, Holy Spirit comes and graces you with the ability to do whatever it is God calls you to do. Be an encourager, be a helper, be a giver. Those things are graced by the Holy Spirit. I don't have to work it up. I'm just doing for me right now what comes naturally to me. It's something that God called me to be, and the Holy Spirit graces me to help me do it, and I do need His help. And sometimes we just have to acknowledge, I, I couldn't do this without God. And so God helps us to do it. And in the 1 Corinthians 12, it talks about power, healing, and miracles, and that kind of thing. And uh, you can't do that stuff on your own. But... The gift of the Holy Spirit is God's grace breaking down to a gracelet for you so that you can do the miraculous things that you're called to do. And so all of us, all of our lives have experience with God's grace. So let God transform you by his grace. Let me read from Romans 5 just so you won't believe I've been making all this stuff up. In Romans 5, uh, it says in verse 15, but the gift is not like the trespass. And Paul has just talked about that Adam sinned and brought us all into sin and we experience death because of it. When you pass the cemetery, you're looking at the result of what Adam did, at least physical, the physical results. Spiritually, it's way different, thank God. But the gift is not like the trespass. For the, if the many died by the trespass of the one man, Adam, how much more did God's grace and the gift that came by that grace, the gift is righteousness. 
The gift is God gives you righteousness. Okay, Wally, I don't care where you've been, what you've done. I, I don't care what your history is. From now on, because you believed in Jesus, you are righteous in my eyes. And so grace and the gift of grace that came by grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, overflows to the many. You understand that God doesn't give you just enough to get by. You understand that God isn't just trying to help you squeak through life, but God gives you more grace than you'll ever use in your lifetime. He gives you enough grace for you, for your family, for your friends, and anybody that during this program says, Jesus, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to believe in you. I'm going to, I'm going to respond to your grace. I promise you instantly you're righteous and for the rest of your life, you have access to the gifts that come because of grace and because of the Holy Spirit. In verse 16, nor can the gift of God be compared with the result of one man's sin. The judgment followed one sin and brought condemnation. We've been there because of sin. But the gift followed many trespasses and brought justification. Oh, word again, righteousness. It brought it. Why? Because Jesus died for us and because Jesus took your place. Romans 5, 17, and I really like this verse. For if by the trespass of the one man, death reigned through that one man, how much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and of the gift of righteousness? Those are the two things this whole chapter is about. It's about God's grace. It's about God's gift. It's about, it's about righteousness. How much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and of the gift of righteousness hear this? Reign in life. If you're pushing your own car, you're not reigning in life, folks. You need help. And you need the grace of God. And you need not only to get it, you need to recognize you've got it. It's something God gave to you as part of the package. Something must have happened here. I'll tell you what happened here. God touched you with his righteousness by faith, changed you. And the other thing that happened here, it says in verse 2 of chapter 5, it says, we now stand in the grace of God. You don't move away from it. You go, that was wonderful. Now I'll see what I can do on my own. You know what you can do on your own. I know what I can do on my own, not much. But I tell you what, when you're standing in grace, something wonderful is awaiting you for the rest of your life because you've got God's provision. He's going to refuel you. He's going to energize you. He's going to give you gifts so you can do the things He's called you to do. And He gives you the calling to do those things. And so I just recommend that everybody who's watching this program, I, I recommend that everybody just come to that one place. You might not know what happened. You might not understand everything about what you're doing, but something's going to happen here. If you open your heart to Jesus, you're going to have a different kind of life. And uh, let me explain to you. I'll just give you a picture of what, what for me salvation looks like. Steve, uh, Steve Winger, who lives in Lubbock, Texas, was in college. And he tells about the last college exam he took before he graduated. He said, I was taking a logics class. And he said, the logics class was known for its very difficult final examination. And he said, the teacher coached us a little bit. He brought the class together. And he said, okay, as you're preparing for this exam for the next week or so, as you're preparing, you can bring to this exam everything you can get on an eight and a half by 11 inch sheet of paper. And he said, people came into class, including him, and they'd, they'd written so small, you'd need a microscope to read what they wrote there. They're trying to cram all this information into an 11 and a half by eight sheet of paper. He said, one guy walked into class and he had a, a blank sheet of eight and a half by 11. He put it on the floor next to his desk. 
In walked, in walked a, a, a graduate student who had excelled in the course. He walked and stood on the eight and a half by 11 sheet of paper. This guy took the test and he took the test by saying, what's the answer to this one? And the smart guy was giving him all the right answers. And, and, and Steve said, the only one that got an A on that exam was the guy that brought in the guy. And I'm telling you what, when I stand before God and he says, Wally, why should I let you into heaven? You know, and I know what I've done. I know who I've been. And he says, why should I let you into heaven? I'm not gonna depend on how smart I am. And I'm not gonna tell God all the wonderful things I've done. I'm gonna have Jesus standing right beside me on an eight and a half by 11 sheet of paper. And I'm gonna say, Jesus, you're my substitute. You gotta help me through this because this is a tough exam. And Jesus is gonna give me everything I need because he's there. Make sure that when you stand before God, you don't stand by yourself because you don't have to. You can stand in His righteousness. That happens when you're justified. You can stand empowered by His grace because that's something that's been given to you for the rest of your life when you open your heart to Jesus. And uh, you're gonna go to heaven and I am because of what Jesus did. And I just picture Him standing beside me while I'm talking and uh, going, Jesus, help me get through this. I got a few seconds to go. And I just picture Jesus saying, we got this, we got this. And he does, he's got the rest of your life he's got now. I'd like to pray for you because maybe during this, you've decided you want to choose Jesus. And maybe you've decided as a Christian, you're gonna stop pushing your car and you're gonna start leaning on the grace of God that he's made available to you. So Father, I pray for everyone that's watching this. I pray for the ones that might watch it later, for the ones tonight. I pray, God, that if they haven't opened their heart to you, they'll enter into that wonderful experience of salvation by faith in Christ. And Lord, thank you that in a moment, they, like we, will have been changed and the righteousness of God will be part of our, of our resume for the rest of our lives. And God, I pray, for, I pray for those who are struggling to make it, especially, Lord, for Christians who feel like they're overmatched and life is too much for them. God, I pray that they'll draw deeply on your grace. It's there forever. We'll never exhaust it. In fact, Paul says that it overflows to the many. And God, it's overflowed to me. Nobody can exhaust it. We'll never get to the end of it. It's always there. And Lord, I pray for your grace and for your love and for your righteousness to be the, the portion of everyone who watches this program. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Thank you for joining us for another epic message of grace. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you listen so others can find us too. We'll be back next week with another incredible message. Until then, follow us on Instagram or Facebook at OneChurchVB or find out more information about One Church at OneChurchVB.com. Have a great week.